Taste and see the Lord is good. Drink from Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Deacon's Roundtable. We took a little bit of a break. Uh, thank you, Angela, for allowing us to recharge the batteries. But we're back here on WSFI 88.5 FM on your FM dial. And, of course, uh, WSFICatholicRadio.org on the Internet. Uh, I am joined here today. This is Deacon Greg Webster from St. Raphael the Archangel Catholic Church in Old Mill Creek, Illinois. And I'm joined with my good friend, Deacon Dave Egan from, uh, was it St. Thomas the Apostle? Is that right? That's St. Thomas the Apostle in the Diocese of Knoxville. The Diocese of Knoxville. So someday we have to work on getting the uh, radio signal to go that far. But, uh, you know, hopefully we get people coming in and joining us on the, on the, uh, on the Internet and tuned in and all those different ways. Uh, uh, I guess the boundaries of uh, radio and TV are getting, getting wider and wider and wider these days. Uh, Deacon Mike Alandi, who's often here with us uh, from uh, St. Mary the Annunciation, is feeling a little under the weather this uh, this week, so uh, we hope Mike feels better. So, Dave, would you like to start us with a prayer? Sure. Again, as again, all things in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. God, thank you for being with us, helping us, and guiding us. This upcoming weekend is the Feast of the Pentecost. We appreciate the gifts of the Spirit and all the wisdom that was given to us. Help us to open up our eyes, our hearts, and our minds to accept the gifts that you have given us to make this world a better place. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. You know, we uh, we all took a little bit of a brave. I don't remember the last time we... we uh, uh, we were live in here. I know we were here for the Sheriff-on. That was kind of fun to do. But, uh, you know, during that time, it it, uh, it was, uh, well, it was nice to be away. It's nice to be back here at WSFI because uh, what a great, great ministry that this radio station has for the people of uh, northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin and uh, in the Rockford Diocese as well. And when we, when we talked about coming back, we... Uh, you know, Dave and I talked about, and, and Mike, about uh, what are we going to do this time? Let's do something a little bit different. We had a good three-year run with one format. And uh, at the time, Dave, I, I was dealing with uh, a couple people with RCIA and different things. And it just occurred to me that, that for as much as we have so many faithful Catholics in our churches and things, a lot of them have a desire to, to or a hunger for the catechism. And uh, we can talk about why that is. Uh, I often talk about the ones who don't have the hunger. They think they, you know, they start, in, at least in our diocese, they stopped at eighth grade. And, uh, but they continued going on. And I don't know how many people want, uh, want their lawyer talking to a judge with an eighth grade education. I don't know if anyone wants them operating on them with an eighth grade education. And I think uh, our faith deserves more than an eighth grade uh, education. So... Uh, so I, I pitched to Dave and to Mike in that, uh, why don't we talk about the catechism? We have this beautiful catechism of the Catholic Church, and uh, the current edition I have is the second edition. I think it was 1999 with, uh, with some of the updates that Pope Francis put in there. And, uh, of course, anytime you, you uh, read the Bible or read a book like this, it's always good to have a help, a helper guide to help us understand it and to, to help us move, move there for some clarity. And uh, the good people at Our Lady, Our Sunday Visitor, 
uh, they've given us permission to also use a year with the catechism, a 365 day reading plan um, by Wiley, Scotto, Askey, and Siegel as a uh, kind of like a little helper guide to uh, to take on this big book. Um, so, Dave, have you read the catechism from uh, front to back? No, I have not. <laughs> um, I have I read a lot of it. Mm, I say a decent amount on occasions. Um, but one of the other things I'd like to uh, just make a slight comment from your introduction that you were making a point about an eighth grade education. Um, I think another way to say that people looking for a mature understanding, it not so much the education because you're getting that a lot in church, you know, each yeah. week uh, on the homeless, but a true understanding. Um, and part of that mature understanding of it is saying that all of this is information that you have to take into heart and then seeing where you have it, where God is talking to you about it and what you're called to do. And so it's, um, there's a lot of joy that can be found in doing that and having that understanding uh, and sharing that joy with other people. So that alone would be a reason to sort of go through the catechism and understand what's in there and why it's in there. I think that's I think it's good. That's a good way of putting it. Thank you. I think I, I respond to the uh, to the parts where, you know, in, in our generation, uh, for the most part, uh, we had CCD, not religious education, right? And uh, uh, in some places, CCD was about singing Kumbaya. Someone's crying, Lord, be with us. You know, and I don't know that that we had that foundation. I mean, certainly it's very important to to uh, uh, to have that relationship with Jesus, but we also need to have that fundamental back background of the doctrine of what what is going on. So it's it's a very challenging, it's a challenging age to teach people with. But it's always been my concern that uh, if people stop right there, they don't have the faith that's going to take them through the adult issues. And we do have a very adult faith. It's 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 not it's not as childish as it was in CCD. We have very hard concepts and and very thought out dogma. We have the Greek influence. We have Aristotle. We have Aquinas. We have uh, Augustine. We have all these brilliant thinkers. And uh, you know we we need to just like with everything else. We needed we need our faith to grow with us so that we can uh, face cancer. We can face unemployment. We can prepare for the end end of life with the teachings of the church and uh, that's why the church is there the mystical body of christ the bride of christ is there for 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 us to to do this journey on earth and and to follow the path that god wants us to follow and uh, um, so as i said I, I i i know so many people that 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 uh, have a hunger for the catechism so the i suggested why don't we spend some time working on the catechism and it's an awful big book and it really isn't a book that you're supposed to you know read it's not it's not written me it's a, it's a it's a resource book it's a it's a doctrine book it's something that you you can take sections of and chew on but it's uh you know sometimes reading it can be the uh challenge of reading leviticus so <laughs> which is always so, uh you know important thing to do but it's it's a wonderful document and it, it, it guides us on this wonderful faith that we have. And uh, There's a couple other things that, um, as you were talking, that I was thinking of. One is that 
I think it can probably put people in three general categories as far as their understanding of the catechisms and not depending on their age. So I'm going to, this is a ballpark number, say people that are over 70, 75, they dealt with the Baltimore Catechism and everybody memorized every single part of it. And that was uh, what you did. Uh, the next generation is going to say it was, uh, I'll say, 55, 60 to uh, 70. And that was the people that were just immediately post-Vatican II or in the middle of Vatican II. And the church was still trying to figure out what was going on at that point. And so the Baltimore Catechism, even though it was there, people just sort of, uh, okay, we're going to have to put that on the side till we figure out what is being said in this council and where it put in. And for the next probably good 10, maybe 15 years after the council, um, people were still trying to figure out, uh, I guess, what it really means to be a Catholic. And you had a lot of the spirituality, I remember through high school and college, and even a little bit beyond that, it was um, the spirituality and being come closer to God was the only thing that was really emphasized. And slowly but surely, some of the understanding of the catechism was put together. Like the version you had, you said it was from the 90s, and I was just trying to look at the one that I have here, and I believe it, mine is from 94. Um, and so it wasn't really until that stage of the late 80s, early 90s, that people started actually really looking at the catechism and what is entailed within the religion and, and the gift that is there. So I think that's going to be another aspect of um, dealing with the new catechism versus the Baltimore one. You know, what's, it's, what's so interesting is, uh, you know, I have a couple copies of the catechism of the Catholic Church. I bought this one because I wanted the uh, the version with some of Pope Francis's update. But as I was driving over here to the to the radio station, I was thinking about uh, you know the need for the catechism in our society today, and and, and one of the great things about our catechism is it's a two thousand year old plus document, and it has made some modifications over time. But essentially, that the the faith that was brought to us from Jesus and to the apostles and handed down in our apostolic tradition isn't radically radically different over those uh, over that millennia and, and I think what are, how lucky are we to have such a stabilizing force in this world I mean everything we, we deal with today is about change change this and that and and oftentimes we go in a direction without thinking thinking too much or maybe thinking too much the other way but uh, you know we have the church here that is the uh, the bride of Christ on earth the mystical body of Christ that that helps us to to center ourselves on 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 an unchanging god and a god that's not always impressed by what year it is because he's outside of the of time right and uh how fortunate we are that the church takes his time looking at issues and, and uh, there's great wisdom in that if you ask me i said yeah you're right about god not changing but our understanding of the mercy and grace of god is what really changes and part of that was is diving into documents like the catechism and seeing where, what we're really called to do and how that affects your life. Right. And that's a great gift. 
you know, I, I think when you're talking about the different ge generations, we can also say that, you know, some people focused on the intellectual aspect of the, of the faith, other people uh, on the spiritual ex aspects of the faith, another part is the, the love and mercy part of the faith. And the important thing is, is as uh, Robert Barron always says, we're a church of both and. It's, yes, we want the all three together, and, you know, an intellectual faith without a heart is not is not going to help us. And a heart without the understanding of God leads us a little blindly as well, um, and that we're looking to, to for the harmony of all of all, of all three, and and that's that's what we're we're striving for is to uh, uh, get get all aspects under the umbrella and to live as a people who understand our doctrine, but that we love our neighbor as uh, as Francis keeps keeps uh, reminding us to do. Uh, very well said. Um, and I even add another statement at the end of that, as much if we went through this whole document of the uh, catechism and tore it apart left, right, and in between, even then we wouldn't even begin to touch the riches that is in that document. It's just, it, could, it would be a whole life's work right. to begin to get that understanding and even when you finish that you realize that there's a lot more that you didn't understand okay. and that's one of the beauties of it as well and and as you said we're we're still you know breaking apart the old testament we're breaking apart the new testament for the for the understanding and and uh, as you said the 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 faith of the church is there but our understanding our growth is is uh is is continually evolving that's why it's so wonderful that you read a gospel passage each year, you look at it, it's the same words, but it means something completely different to you because it, uh, it, it's, it's resonating with where we are today. Very much so, very much so. so. But we have this book, it's uh, what, two and a half inches thick, my edition is, somewhere around there. So <laughs> I'm, afraid, I'm afraid to measure mine. <laughs> Thankfully, it's in English, not 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 in the don't have to know Latin like in like in canon law, but uh, uh, it it it's pretty good. Paperback edition was it like twenty bucks something like that, and you can get used ones and and like I said, if you if you have the twenty eight edition, cool, read it, enjoy it. You know, it, it's not that dramatically different, and uh, certainly. Uh, Francis made some slight changes that were made the news, but as uh, Francis and his Petrine, Petrine ministry can make the changes that, that he feels he feels necessary, and we are bound to uh, to follow as he is our vicar of Christ on earth. So, um, would we get to those sections? We certainly we certainly can can talk about it. Um, also, Angela, the people at our Sunday Visible visitor was very kind kindly. They they sent us a couple books that. Uh, um, we can uh, give away to somebody who calls up and says they want them. Uh, which, what, what, what? You wanted to have a contest, so I was trying to think of, of what we could do. I think we could uh, maybe say if somebody answers, what was De Deacon Dave's uh, final ministry here in Chicago before he went to Tennessee? They could, if they could answer that question, they could get a book. Um, if they call up and say the White Sox are the, are better than the Red Sox and. Uh, that would be fine too. Um, if someone listens to the show and they acknowledge it, if we have three listeners, that would be very nice. And we have the number of books we have. Uh, we're down a listener. My mother's not here anymore, but <laughs> 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 uh, 
But uh, certainly, uh, this is very nice to them. The, the the people at our Sunday visitor, when I talked to them, I said, hey, we'd like to mention your book. And, and of course, with copyright fees and all the world going around, Dave and I are both from the world of pharma, so we don't... Uh, we don't mess with intellectual property because that's uh, what keeps us in business. Um, so I called the Sunday visitor. I said, "Hey, we're gonna we have this this uh, discussion here on WSFI, and uh, can I use your book?" And they said, "Most certainly, and uh, not a problem." And just remember to say our Sunday visitor every three minutes, and we <laughs> and we should do it. But actually, our Sunday visitor is is, is pretty it's pretty cool uh, weekly uh, periodical, you know, not a newspaper, I guess, but. Um, very cool, very Catholic, and they have a lot of a lot of cool things. And they're from the Midwest, so we know that's a good thing. So uh, down in Indiana, Indiana, right? So they're not in those radical states like Tennessee, where Deacon Dave is. So, how's the ministry going down there, Dave? Oh, it's very good. Actually, uh, one of the great things I'm getting to do uh, quite a few weddings, um, convalidations and or regular weddings, and that's sort of fun getting involved with that. And actually, one of the things going on this weekend is that uh, we are putting the distance restriction down to three feet instead of six feet. And I just got an email like an hour ago from the bishop saying that with the uh, new decree, uh, masks are optional for people in the pews. That's very good. We're waiting for that here in Chicago. Hopefully it's coming soon. But we're coming up on our first break here in WSFI 88.5 FM on your dial and WSFI Catholic Radio on the Internet. And we'll be back in a few minutes. Join Sports Faith International and WSFI as we host our 13th annual Sports Faith Hall of Fame Saturday, May 22nd, as we recognize outstanding athletes who are exemplary role models. This year inductees, Jim Grabowski of the Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers, Rich Gannon of the Super Bowl Raiders, an 18-year NFL veteran, Deacon Steve Javi, NBA referee and ESPN commentator, Catholic Memorial Girls Varsity Soccer Team, Indiana's winningest baseball coach Dave Pishker, and American Life League Hugh Brown. 4 p.m. Mass is at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Parish in Kenosha with Bishop Paprocki and the induction ceremony led by Bears Patrick McCaskey begins at 6 p.m. at the Pleasant Prairie Doubletree Hilton. Visit sportsfaithinternational.org or purchase tickets online at wsficatholicradio.org or call Angela at 847-331-6994 847-331-6994 or visit wsficatholicradio.org this is Ann Meyer, past president of the National Family Partnership. I am speaking today for WSFI. It's a wonderful station, and you can catch prayers and talks and information anytime. It's wonderful to hop in the car and be able to turn on that radio and get good Catholic information. So if any of you enjoy and appreciate this, please send your donation, and don't forget to pray for them. We need prayers for the success of this station because we know how important it is. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois. 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated.
And we're back on WSFI 88.5 FM on your dial. And I noticed that Matt said call Angela. I think you should call Matt and, you know, let Matt uh, uh, take those phone calls. So we're back here. I'm talking with Deacon Dave Egan, uh, talking about the catechism. And we're going to be talking about it for a while. And uh, uh, along with us, we have a book called The Year with the Catechism, a reading plan, which is kind of funny, I think, because, you know, the, the, one of the biggest uh, blogs right now is a, is a Bible in the Year by... Uh, uh, F- Father Mike Spitz, eh? right? And uh, that's uh, it's kind of cool that that's such a big, big uh, blog right now, and there's so many followers that are listening to Father Mike, and Father Mike is so great in so many ways. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's day 137, 138, right around there. I've, I've been able to keep pace with them, which is kind of cool um, because we can't read the Bible enough. And uh, and so we have a book here, The Year at the Catechism, which came out before A Bible in a Year. So uh, anyone who wants one of our copies sponsored by our Sunday visitor, call 224-206-88-4455 and ask for Matt <laughs> for doing that. So, so Dave, one of the things I think was kind of cool that was brought up in, in uh, the year with the catechism is they started talking with the image of God. And, it, and I know you and I both have a special love of, of uh, bioethics. And it, it, it didn't occur to me when I was a, a, a younger deacon, a younger man. Um, the image of God is, is center point in so many aspects, or is the center point of our faith, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the image of God is where we start with bioethics and Catholic social teaching. And it's only rightful that the, the catechism itself starts with, with an image of God, the relationship with God. Um, we certainly know it starts with God, but when we start talking about the image of God or God's relationship with us, I think that's something that, uh, as Catholics, we kind of uh, maybe we're getting uh, snacks during that part of the of the of reconcil of CCD when we were little kids, because I don't think we we really dwelt on it as much as we should. No, I I agree with you, um, and. This is probably getting jumping ahead a few steps, but um, besides being in the image of God, that Karl Rana actually had a um, a point of that even if you don't acknowledge God with, with natural law, I'm trying to remember the term that he actually used, and I can't, I don't remember anymore. But those you have a fundamental knowledge of God via natural law, and the question is whether you're going to have that as your central core or not. How are you li- going to live your life? Uh, it's your fundamental stance, whether you're going to be working towards the image of God or, or away from that image. And so that's actually one of the things that when you think about it, of uh, that, yes, I have this innate knowledge and desire to be one with God, from my birth, you know, I, I keep having the image of of the Rock from WW. It was WWF back then, WWE wrestling, where he was talking. And, you know, so many people say, "Well, I don't think this, I don't think that," and I just see the Rock saying, "It don't matter what you think," because you know, God, God is reaching out to us, and God will reach out to us. We and we were designed that way, and we might be in a stage in our life where we don't acknowledge it, we don't want it, but. God is there. God is reaching. God is waiting, and that's where the catechism starts. Even on our our yeah. first man's capacity for God, 
The desire for God is written in the human heart because man is created by God and for God, and God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will he find the truth and happiness he never starts, stops searching for. Boy, that's... I think one of the key lines that is that God will never stop, never cease to draw man to himself. The invitation is always there. And, uh, you know, that's something I always talk about in baptism. You know, how, how in baptism we're made children of God and, and that no matter where we go in life, God's mark doesn't, you know, goes with us and God's desire goes with us. And here we are in the catechism, saying, starting out from that, saying, you know, God, the creator of everything, who created our hearts, created our genome, has uh, kind of wired us to, uh, to be receptive to him. And we've kind of messed up with that with that wires with our with our fall, but uh, you know if you think about it as uh, you know Dave and I are both men of uh, of slightly advanced years, but not as advanced as we think we are, as, as my kids think I am at least. The uh, and, and it talks about that search for happiness. You know how how often in our life do we spend so much of our time with stuff? You know, trying to find that that aspect of of life that that will make us happy, and only to realize as we get older that all the stuff that we were hunting around and, and chasing for and thought that we were important, all those titles that we were looking for, um, never really satisfied us, because it, it we we were focused on things outside of God. I think. One of the key questions that I bring up uh, often in my homilies, um, dealing with material things, but it can also be dealing with the intellectual things. Do you own something, or does it own you? So you're right. If you, this quote unquote pursuit of happiness that you're you're going after, you know, oh, if only. You know, I get a better job, I'll be happy. If only I get a better salary, I'll be happy. If I only get this car, I'll be happy. And that's only a temporary joy. And you realize it, that you're never going to be happy with these things. In the end, these things actually start owning you versus you owning them. And that's actually the biggest problem. And it can even be addictions of um, alcohol, drugs, or anything that they end up owning you versus you owning them. And the only two happiness you have is when you give everything away. When it, the, you have no desire, you may enjoy something, but you can live without it. But that happiness that you have in God is where that is the part that you can give away everything else because it doesn't matter. And I think that's one of the happiness things that a lot of people miss in their understanding of the happiness and joy of God, right. that when you find that, all the other stuff doesn't matter. I have people that, that kind of look at me with a second glance when I say, you know, because uh, a friend of mine will talk about, oh, the rules. It's like, you mean the freedom. I mean, we, we, don't, we, we, look, at, we look at the faith, you know, we look, society tells us it's a faith of rules and doctrine. And Jesus came to give us freedom, he, to free us from our addictions, to free us, free, free us from our false gods that you were just talking about. 
And, and I was kind of wondering, Dave, as someone who's recently retired, when did you feel that you got off that ride? Or were you ever part of that ride? I mean, I, I freely admit I was part of that ride, and I'm working hard. You know, it's kind of, you know, work can be an addiction, and and, and uh, we work oh, at a, a place that has lots of hours where people work, and uh, that can be a god with a little G. Um, well, I guess I should say, did you fall victim to that? And when did you feel yourself getting off, if you did? Yes, I did have that um, for a very long time. And probably, I'd say, well, I've been ordained now 28 years. And I'd probably say maybe 15 years or so into the diaconate is when I began to really live the life where the other stuff doesn't matter. You know, but I'm also saying that as a have person. So, I mean, I'm very blessed. There's a roof over my head. There's food on the table. Um, so I've gotten rid of those, I guess, primary needs. But, I mean, one of the things that um, I think is was very telling, I a brother-in-law that came down here and he's seen with people with all of their toys and their, their boats and cars and et cetera, et cetera. And he asked me, what, what am I going to get for a toy? <laughs> and I said, I'm not. You know, um, I don't have to have, you know, a big boat or a fancy car, you know. It's, you know, my priorities are not that. You know, I, um, you know, it's, I guess, so that's probably part of the key question I think you're asking about, you know, it's nice to have and enjoy a great meal. It's nice to enjoy. I happen to love Irish whiskey, having some really good Irish whiskey. Um, but I don't live my life for those things. You know, I live my life for other people. I think that's a real key, key point. I know when I was uh, first ordained, I had uh, another deacon, Ashley, who said, oh, you have a boat on the chain. I said, yep. He goes, how can you do that? You spend that money, you're in a blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, that's not what we're talking about. You know, God, God didn't say don't enjoy this world and don't have nice things if that's what you, if, you know, if you like them. We're talking about having those things rule us or being focus of our lives or, you know, we focus on the boat and we forget about the poor and things like that. You know, the, it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It's not money root of all evil. It's the love of money. It's that money, attitude yeah. we're talking about. Oh, so, I mean, you could love your boat, but do you love it more than people? And if that's the case, then there's the problem. Can I love it more than my job? That's your choice. <laughs> I do, and that's okay. <laughs> but it's it's uh, but that, you know that's the actual, that's the important thing is that you know when we're going through this world that we're living right now is it's such a fast paced world. It's it's you know we're getting hit from all the other sides, and um, you know I've gotten to the point where I have no interest in Facebook and things like that just because it was so distracting, but. That's one of the things that, that gets blinded. God's not going to compete with the noise. God's not going to compete with Facebook and, and Instagram and, uh, and the screaming and the yelling. God's going to, to ask us to settle down and listen and look. And it, it takes a while for us to say, hey, I'm, I'm running. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not even aware that I've lost my focus because I'm so ingrained to this life I'm living. And, and that's where 
where so many of us today have to go back and say, whoa, wait, this is ridiculous. We need to, to, to focus ourselves. We need to focus on, you know, Ignatius would say we need to focus on God's kingdom and get out of our own kingdoms because uh, the joy that Jesus talks about is in focusing on God. It's not on focusing on ourselves. And we have that addiction of self, the addiction to titles, the addiction to, to whatever it is, the White Sox games or things, whatever it is. And, and those things are all good in itself. God created it and said it was good, but we can't let, as you said, we can't let it manipulate us. And I think when I was saying, you know, when did you stop, get off the train, make the step by us, is, is, you know, same way of saying, when did I change my view, my, 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 my focus? And I can, I can tell you the, the time that I did it, and, and I can tell you the 12 other times that I needed to do it. And, you know, it's not one of those things that said, oh, boy, on May 18th, I'm not going to do this anymore because you got to get up on the 19th and you got to focus it. You know, that's, that's why we have Mass each week is so that we can bring our struggles to the altar and get refreshed and go out and try it again. And, and we know that God's going to be on this journey with us because he wants to be part of our lives and we want us to make him part of ours. And even in the in the catechism, you know, they, you know, how, how do why is it that we we uh, we reject this or, or we lose that attitude? And even in in chapter in uh, verse twenty nine, CC twenty nine, I guess it is, you know, we have, such attitudes can have different causes: revolt against the evil in the world, religious ignorance or indifference, the cares and and riches of the world. The scandal of bad example on part of believers. Boy, we've dealt with that the last 20 years, haven't we? Uh, currents of thought, hostile to religion. Finally, that the attitude of a sinful man which makes him hide from God out of fear and flee his call. And boy, haven't, haven't we all done that in our lives where we, uh, we went south on a certain day and then we don't feel like uh, you know God really wants us to pray or we'll be hypocritical if we pray. But, you know, we got to look at God as, as the ultimate parent, where God wants us to come back. God wants to be part of our lives. And, and certainly, yes, there, there might be a, a, uh, a priest described it one day. It's like, you know, if you're playing ball and you break a window, you, you know, you can say, I'm sorry, and yeah, I'm okay, you broke my window. But guess what? You still got to pay for the window. And uh, there's some aspects of that. But that's part of our growth, and that's part of our, our, our faith and part of our learning. But uh, how often do we actually in our own lives? I, I know I'm, I'm guilty of it as well, is that, you know, I slipped and now I don't feel worthy. And, and that, that's not God. That's, that's the devil. Yeah, no, that, you're very much right on that. Um, there's a couple of things actually that you brought up which is sort of interesting of um, going to Mass to get refreshed. And I don't think a lot of people really think about this. So after the priest actually uh, gives you the invitation to come in there with the Father and say with you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ communion of the saints, etc. Um, the next part of the Mass is called the penitential rite. And I don't think a lot of people really realize that that is an absolution for venial sins. For all of those times where you'd had a you did make a mistake it wasn't your intention to be away from God, but you did step aside and let someone else take the place of God. I mean, it, it is not for mortal sins, what we would call, but for the venial sins. And that's a really important part that we come every single week when we go t to Mass. We're getting absolution from our, our venial sins. 
And thinking about that, you're preparing your heart at that point, your heart, your mind, and your soul to take part in the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist and to receive Jesus. You know, so that aspect of saying that, yeah, we are human, but even into the Mass, God is reaching out to us. It's... Uh... It's something that that we forget when we're at mass. You know that there there's as I, I tell people that uh, you know when when the priest is on the altar, there's never something that he does that isn't intended. And each prayer and each section on the mass has has a, has a, a reason and intent. And and sometimes we we don't uh, we don't focus on that. Like the opening prayer, it's called a col a collect collect because it is it, collecting us. You know into into the into the uh, into the service there it's a uh, a wonderful time and it's something that uh it's great because i don't know as i i just opened up i just went about two and a half or yeah right about an inch and a half into the uh opening into the book and i got to reconciliation so we have something to talk about uh when, when we get there but uh if i can if i can uh end this section of of uh before we go on to break we can talk to the catechism number 30 let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Although man can forget God or reject him, he never ceases to call every man to seek him, so as to find life and happiness. But this search for God demands of every man effort of intellect, a sound will, an upright heart, as well as the witness of others who teach him to seek God. This is the WSFI, the Deacon's Roundtable, 88.5 FM. We'll be back in a few minutes bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. And we're back on WSFI FM 88.5. And Matt Thompson just said you can share your hopes and dreams with him. But I, I also hope you share your hopes and dreams with the God who gives you the hopes and dreams and, and focus on him in prayer. We're spending our time, Deacon Dave and I are, are talking about the introduction and the desire for God. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, sections 26 through 30. And... Uh, you know, before the break, I was talking about uh, the section 30 where God says he never ceases to call every man to seek him and so as to find life and happiness. Of course, the sentence before that is, although man can forget God and reject him. Dave, when I, when I read that, that paragraph, I, I just think of the 10 o'clock news, you know, or whatever, uh, if you listen to CNN or Fox News or whatever you listen to, EWTN News or stuff like that. Um, there's a darkness you know what that we feel in coming out of this covid pandemic but you know we can't let that envelop us because we we're called to live in the light 
But uh, what do you think, Dave? Why do you think that uh, man is, why do we have this feeling right now that there's so much rejection of God? Well, I would actually go and use one of the gospel stories that would say that. And that would be the prodigal son. So here is the son, us, who have sinned against God, and we're afraid to go back. Because we, we don't want to acknowledge about how we have made mistakes, uh, how we have broken all the rules. But when we decide that we're going to do that, the father just absolutely opens up and accepts the son, accepts us. And so the prodigal means wasteful. So when you think about that story, I remember hearing was one theologian talk about the only one who is truly prodigal in that story is the father. And he gives love out to absolutely everyone. It doesn't matter what. To the son that came back, he gave him love. To the older brother who said that you never let gave me anything. And he goes, no, everything is yours. It was abundance of love that he was giving out. And the only question is whether we're going to accept that love. Are we going to be open to it? But if we're open to it, that means we have to take a real good look at ourselves and how we are working against receiving that love. And that's tough to do. But that's where the growth comes. You know, it is, that understanding. It is tough to do. And I think it's tough to do, Dave, when we let the narrative control us you know i think that it's time to you know turn off the tv turn off these news outlets that are just pumping us with all this this negativity but uh you know that's not our message you know certainly there there's some challenges in the world you know what there's been challenges since adam and eve and uh, before that <laughs> <laughs> amen but the you know that's not who we're called to be we're called to to focus on our faith and to be bring the message you know, it's one of those things that with faith and with belief does not come an armchair. Come, it's mission. We're supposed to be out there. So I'm wondering if part of this is just us saying enough. You know, you, you, you're you're we've listened to this message. We've been fooled by a message in our culture, and it's time to stop listening to it. It's time to open up our faith, open up our you know, get out the rosary beads and and go out and. And put God centermost in our lives, and forget all this nonsense that we're, that we're de this negativity. I'm certainly there's issues. And I'm not belittling the issues by any means. I'm just saying that this, this underlying current of darkness, is is not of God. God, God so, is yeah. not dark darkness. So there's a couple of things there. You mentioned prayer, and that's one of the aspects of putting yourself in the right mindset. But there's another way that putting yourself in the right mindset is going out and doing things for other people. And part of it, at that point, you're, you're beginning to see Christ in other people. And when people think of humility, yeah, um, one of the things that's a very good definition of Humility is not to think of your, of less of yourself, 
but to think of yourself less. So your focus then is on other people. And that's the point, I think, of allowing this this God to come in and take part of your life and to be your life, that gift. And with that, once that happens, then you can sort of open yourself up to the prayer and thanking and praising God for everything that has been done for you. Then you want to share that at that point. And that's when we let God, we become the image of God and let sort of us having to have God becoming our image. You know, I, I, when you talked about uh, uh, thinking about other people, you know, in today's society, we're all guilty. We're doing a lot of watching what other people are doing and, and, and judging what other people are doing and holding people to different standards. That's not about what you're talking about when we say we focus on other people. That's, you know, that's, again, you know, we've, we've had this intellectual religion in our heads, and it's time for it to move south. You know, it, it's time for it to move in our hearts. And, and when you can open up that spirituality and make it part of your life, you don't have to go looking for other people because you have already seen God in them anyway. And I think that's what, what, what the challenge is, is that, you know, that, that's when we start responding to the invitation of God. You know? yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Putting it into action. I think we're both saying the same thing. Of putting that intellectual aspect into action to put, put into self as you said it's 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 interesting i was listening to i heard father baron today talked about you know every time there's a revelation in the bible or, or uh, it always comes with a mission you know and i think we forget about that uh, we're so easily we show up to church and we sit down there, there for an hour and then we get up and there's communion and we shake hands and leave i guess that's the wrong order but you know what i mean the yeah. uh, <laughs> you know and We've, we've lost the sense of mission in our lives and in our, in our faith. And our mission should be a resp- is our response to faith. You know, Jesus said, you know, I've come to make you disciples, apostles. You know, I've, I'm sending you out into the world. But what is he sending us out? He's sending us out to proclaim the gospel. And he's not sending us out to, to all the different nonsense in the world, not to be judgmental. And, and certainly all the, the issues, and, and we don't condone people sitting on people's throats for for nine minutes or whatever it was by all that stuff but that's because god is absent god you know and we allowed god to be absent we allowed gods to be absent in our schools and our voting booth and every place else and it's time for us to 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 say no i want god in my life i want to respond to the god who wants who created me and wired me to be in my life uh, I guess you wouldn't get an argument from me. I mean, um, one of the things that's rather interesting, and you think about all the laws and not allowing God into your life, you know, we have the Ten Commandments. From there, all the other laws are complete. There's like beyond libraries of right. law books, but they all basically come down to those Ten Commandments. You know, and the first ones are to love God with your heart and soul. And the second one, as Jesus said, is very similar. It's how you love your neighbor. You know, so we're the ones that are making it extremely difficult. And uh, it's quite simple if you really want to approach it like that. And that's a good way to actually look and understanding the catechism and God in your life of what you're called to do. You know, and, that, and that's why 
you know, as as clergy and laity, we have the liturgy of the hours that reminds us in different parts of the day to change our focus from work to God, you know, and to remind us. That's why we have a rosary that, that we can pray every day with different emphasis. It's, it's those things, the tools that the church gives us to remind us not to get so wrapped up in this material world that is seducing us, trying to seduce us, the accuser that is constantly accusing us, that to, to remind us that there's something better and that we have to participate in this faith. We have to do more than just sit on our hands. It takes effort. I mean, it's a free gift from God. Our faith is a response to God. We all know that. But there's a response there. We have to do something, right? You know, it, it's... Oh. Go ahead. No, very much so. You have to do something. And there's ways that you can actually sort of do both of them. So since I've retired, one of the things that I have done is lots of walking. It's uh, good for me and for the dog. But instead of listening to music or other things, what I do is say decades of the rosary using my fingers as the uh, counting mechanism. And so how many people actually go to the gym or doing some other exercise where you know, you could actually make that a time of prayer. So, yeah, you're focusing on you know, the, the doing the good for yourself by being healthy and not taking things to excess. At the same time, you can praise God by prayer during the middle of all of that. You mean, Dave, I can turn on WSFI radio at 88.5 FM on the Internet or on the radio and, and actually get away from some of the, the noise that's out there? What a radical thought. Uh, what course, a radical thought, I know. You know, I was thinking about your, your ten-finger thing, and I, I'm, I use that in the summertime, but in the wintertime, it's hard to do with gloves. And I know that you're in Tennessee, so it's much easier. But, but, you know, you know, but still, we have, I have to wear gloves sometimes. But, you know, it's okay. I mean, there, there are tricks, right? I mean, I have tricks. I, I have the Liturgy of the Hours on my, uh, on my Outlook, reminding me that it's daytime. Do, you know, do, 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 do daytime prayer. I joke with people when I do morning prayer, it's morning somewhere, right? Because, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, prayer. I was I was taken aback one time. I was talking to Father Richianos at the great uh, Prince of Peace parish here at the, in the uh, listening area of, our, of WSFI. And he's like, he said, you know, prayer is not for, for, for God, Greg. It's for you. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> we didn't sing about that when I was in, in eighth grade. The... Uh, but it's true. I mean, we're doing these things to help us pay attention to God. Because God's there. I mean, Ignatius says he's God in all things. It's not that hard to do if you look. Yeah, very much so. But how often do we look? And, of course, it's hard to see God in, in when you turn on the news, but you got to look harder. I mean, certainly... Uh, we can we can look at the at COVID pandemic as, as as all the can count the numbers of people being sick and the people that are dying, but you can also celebrate the people that uh, were first responders. And we're talking back in, in February and March when we didn't know how serious it was, or what we had the tricks we had to do when it was just a you know totally unknown commodity. If we think about all the the, the medical people who at that time were risking you know families' health and things to to deal with patients with COVID. I mean that's easy to see God there. We saw God on 9-11 with people running into the building. But, uh, you know, we, we, we see God when we see Angela opening up WSFI. We see God when when uh, moms are, are uh, even disciplining their kids, which is so much needed today. 
but uh, you know it's not that hard to look around and see God in 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 uh, in everything we do and and what we're reminded today uh, is that we you know we need to see God in all cultures not just in ours and uh, but we need to wake up I mean that was what Pope Francis one of his great things where was he in Brazil or Argentina he started he said wake up and uh, you know that's part of the message today with with in a negative way but in Francis said it was in a positive way it's like you know wake up snap out of it turn off the radio turn off the TV turn off the, the Facebook and and listen, listen to God you know because that so, way you'll be happy so I'll ask you the same question of uh, via COVID was this a gift? I mean, you made a point that, that all the people died and, and it was a virus. Okay, so this evil that is sort of taken in, it wasn't evil that was planned, but it was just, you know, part of biology. But did you use this year of quiet, of reflection to reprioritize your life? Is that what you needed to say that, okay, this really doesn't matter in my life? And this does matter, well, I think you know. Protecting my—I'm going to wear a mask because that's going to protect my family. I'm going to do this because that's going to protect someone else. You started living for other people. You didn't have to go out and you know have that toy. You couldn't even buy that toy or do something that you really wanted to. Um, I know one person who uh, I used to work with was uh, addicted to going to every type of sporting event you could possibly imagine. And when all of those got curtailed, uh, he ended up uh, saying that, come to the realization, no, he doesn't need those. And that was a great big realization. So the question that you could sort of ask that sort of coming from this is, you know, getting to know God, you know, how has this pandemic been a gift to you so you can reprioritize what is important. I think it's important to say that God did not send COVID to us. He took advantage oh, of it being here. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I, no, yeah. I didn't mean to imply that at all. But well, it's, good, it's, good, it's good to say it, you know, real clear that, uh, you know, COVID is a life form trying to survive. Yeah, it was a biological event. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. something that was, it was. a plague wished cer- upon us. But certainly... Uh, you know, God took advantage of it long before uh, the mayor of Chicago, who once said, "Don't let her, you know, don't let a crisis go to waste." Um, God uses those times because they're great wake-up calls for us. And I say, yeah, Dave, that 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 is true. COVID was, you know, a miserable experience for for everyone. But I I can also look at it and say, I, that time helped me heal from an event that happened in in my life, and I probably wouldn't have healed as effectively if it wasn't for the time of, with COVID. And it was a time of of uh, getting back into the faith you know that sine wave of faith that we live in as in as catholics um covid allowed us to go back you know and instead of complaining that you have a list when you have to sign in at church let's celebrate that we have the sacrament and we have priests who are willing to to at that point risk themselves to to give us the sacraments so um so yes it, you know if you think about the hardship of the church over the last uh, couple centuries, signing in on a Sunday because you're going to uh, to mass is really not going to uh, be rank up there very high with lions and stonings and all the other things that have happened over the years. But uh, maybe that's something we should think about: is how you know our complacency was was uh, was challenged by COVID, and you know, did we face it or did we did we whine? 
I did both. <laughs> oh yeah, no, was, there's a lot of things. I mean, um, I had a very different time down here, I and mean, you know, there were restrictions, but we worked around them. But it's also relatively rural here, relative to Chicago. You know, it's not like it's uh, very rural. But I mean, it's quite a few people less than having to deal with Chicago, and but people worked and helped each other and did what they could through it. And I think that was a that was a great lesson for a lot of people to reprioritize and refocus on what is important. And that's a great gift. And, and that, that is true. And, and then we should also take the fact that look at that as is why did it take a pandemic to get us there? You know, why does it, it why a, does it take cancer <laughs> to get us to celebrate life? Why does it get uh, a layoff to make us be thankful that we're employed? You and know, I think you said it earlier is, is your focus on God? I mean, that was one of the, the key questions that was asked. Where is your focus? So, well, I'm focusing on the end of the hour here, Deacon Dave, and I'm uh, very happy we had this time together. I'm looking forward to spending more time with the uh, Catechism of the Church. It is a wonderful doctrine and, and a wonderful teaching that we're going to be working on here at the Deacon's Roundtable. And until then, I pray for you and your family that God will come and read and kindle the faith and that we all get to know him and be with him and love him amen amen take care everybody taste and see the lord is good drink from the cup of his forgiveness